0: All right, once again, we're doing something a little different. I think this will be our last one before we get into the new season. I can't make any promises, but I I feel like that's the way it's going to be. Probably. So, you know, we're going to continue to do some baseball here because... I'm Sean. And I'm Eds.
1: And that's what we do. We do baseball.
0: (laughs) And (laughs) we are going to continue to go through a couple reruns here. Sean, uh, the the story that I picked for for... from from your uh library or archives, whatever you want to call it was uh, the episode on the most interesting man in baseball. Okay. Lenny Randall. Of course. Just you know, that that was that I feel like that was one of the very I, I don't know like if you really would say one of the first, but it it was it was a very early, very fun it was episode. He's a fun guy. Yeah. You know, there was a lot to it. Like, yeah, and and again, like we've mentioned in the last one, I don't want to give away the entire episode, but, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of interesting things that go on in Lenny Randall's life. Like, what do you, what do you remember most about that story? Well,
1: the number one thing I remember about, you know, I researched it and wrote it was, Number 1 of course blowing the ball over the foul line. <laughs> yeah. And number 2 is impact in Italy, which was like still I I want to I I've been to Italy uh since that recording actually. Mm-hmm. And I I did my best to find a baseball field. I, I I found a sign pointing in the anyways, but you know, yeah, that's one thing. Like I want to I want to catch a baseball game in Italy sometime and and you know, very few people know that that's possible because of because of
0: Lenny Randall and going and making popularizing baseball in the Anzio region.
1: Yeah, 100%. So uh yeah, no, I think I enjoy this. It's, it's both like one of those things where it's just like a really cool, interesting person that, that probably gets portrayed in a different light depending on
0: who you were talking to or, yeah. or what you were reading at the time. Yeah, or who you were a fan of, yeah. you know, based on some of the exploits that Lenny Randall has. like That was the thing that I found with that episode is it, it just kind of kept going. Yeah. you know all of, like more and more talents of lenny randall's just kept getting revealed the whole time and and like i say it was a really fun episode because you know it it had music it had you know <laughs> bloopers bloopers it had it had a, a fight at first base oh my you know? god like... yeah there was
1: some violence in there <laughs> yeah. i totally forgot about that um well that that's the fun part and i think uh you know I think we like those stories that are really fucked up and weird mm-hmm. but like this is one of those ones that's like it's kind of cool mm-hmm. like, it's just a it's a it's a good vibes like not all good vibes but you know what I mean like in the end you're just like oh man that is like there's no major tragedy from my memory
0: no no it's just it's just an interesting story I think I mentioned that uh, Lenny Randall being one of the most interesting men in baseball history if he he probably doesn't always drink beer but if he he drank Dos Equis. <laughs> of course. I think yeah. we should end it there. That's yeah. perfect. Okay.
1: Enjoy Lenny Randall, everybody. Okay.
0: All right, welcome back. We're here for another episode of Sean and Ed's Do Baseball. I'm Sean. And I'm Eds. We're we're doing doing baseball. Yeah, that's what we... Did we we, say
1: that at the same time? We almost did. I didn't finish the ball part. I was like, we're doing baseball. We're doing base. (laughs) We're doing (laughs) base.
0: Together. Yes. And then I'm just balling.
1: Yes. (laughs) You're always balling. Oh, fucking right. Um, We are a baseball
0: history podcast where we take turns sharing stories. From baseball history. And the other one has no idea what the story is. So, uh, today...
1: I am telling a story, to Eds, and it is a goddamn treat. Let me tell you. Is it? I think so. This is like this is a shout out. Shout out to JP, who's uh, who's been on here before. This is not a sad story.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, because uh, we've we've talked about it in the last few episodes how they always JP said they always start great, and then he wants to hug his family at the end. <laughs> yes. And uh, you know, I.
1: Do you want to you want to know what makes me hug? Want to hug my family? Baseball right now. Baseball right now. <laughs> yeah, the, or there's no baseball right now. And mm-hmm. you know what? It's just, uh, obviously I'm on the player's side uh, in the negotiations, but it's just like, oh my fucking God, at this point make a deal. And then at the other end it's just like, oh yeah, pandemic. There is a pandemic going on and this might not even happen even if they do make a deal. So you got us.
0: yeah we're here we're here you can listen to us instead
1: you you can listen to us and crack a beer
0: yep there we go I got this water bottle going on drink some water it's summer it's been cracked hydration is is it
1: summer now today Today, it's totally fucking summer yeah
0: officially today I guess or yesterday or something I don't know
1: it's June 22nd June 22nd in Toronto and it's been hot hot hot
0: hot 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 uh right. so fucking dying you ready for this I'm ready I guess um you, you you got videos and stuff for me later on? So,
1: yeah, there's going to be... Uh, I'm going to get some reaction uh, audio from Edsy. I've uh, seen a few videos because uh, there is lots of video of this man. So, in 2015, the MLB Network ran a documentary entitled Lenny Randall, The Most Interesting Man in Baseball. Lenny Randall. Yep. And I tried to watch that documentary. You tried. I searched for it all over the internet, (laughs) all over the YouTubes. I could find a preview. I could find a trailer. But why the... Like, MLB.
0: Like... Not the whole thing. No! Like, I mean, I don't... It's just the most interesting man... It's just, it you just, think they would want to convey that I, to I people? know they
1: like to hold on to their stuff, but for the love of God, MLB, there's a whole generation of people out there that would love if you just threw this stuff up on YouTube after a certain number of years. Sean seems excited,
0: so apparently we all need to know about Lanny Randall, so... You have seen Lanny Randall
1: before. I have? You have. There's no fucking doubt... In my mind that you have seen multiple highlights of Lenny Randall. Okay. Two of which you'll be watching in a little bit.
0: Uh, <laughs> he's been called baseball's Forrest Gump. Okay. A man who managed to be in front of... If for those. Hold on. For those who uh, can't see us right now, I was just checking the time uh, stamp on the podcast there. As soon as he said Forrest Gump, I just about broke my neck. So I am full attentive here. All right. So, uh...
1: Yes, he's managed to be front and center for many moments in baseball history, including being coached by some, or managed, I should say, by by some of the greatest of all time. Uh, There's little doubt uh, Randall is one of the biggest stars to ever play the game of baseball, even though his stats were not that of a star
0: player. Okay. So... One of the best to ever play baseball, although his stats... No, no, no,
1: I said biggest star.
0: Biggest stars, okay. Biggest star. So that's open to your interpretation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: Okay, so Lenny Shenoff Randall was born February 12th, 1949 in Long Beach, California. Randall's father, Isaac, was a World War II veteran and had met and befriended a French chef in the Anzio region of Italy during the war. The two of them shared many meals and their friendship introduced Isaac to fine European cuisine, and in honor of his friend, uh, he promised to name his son Shenhoff. 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 Little interesting name. It's kinda like roundabout, because you gave him the middle name. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: like but, but he, We're not giving you the full we're, we're not gonna use your first name, but So but this is what's important. So little did he know though that Lenny Schenhoff-Randall would one day popularize baseball to the nation where his friendship began. In the same region where his friendship began. Italy. Italy. Okay. Lenny's mother Ethel Ethel, was a seamstress and had eight children, four boys and four girls. Mm -hmm. Both Ethel and Isaac preached education to their children Uh, growing up in Compton uh, Lenny excelled at school especially at sports he was the captain of both the baseball and football team at Centennial High School in Los Angeles uh, in his oh in his senior year he was captain he was only five foot 10 and 170 pounds but he was extremely quick and athletic so uh, mm-hmm. star in high school so 1967 he's drafted in the tenth round 189th overall by the st. Louis Cardinals what year uh, 67 67 okay. 67 So uh, But his parents Emphasized education uh, He decided to attend uh, Arizona State Where he was a multi-sport athlete And the starting second baseman On the 1969 NCAA champions The Sun Devils uh, So The that- they won the championship that year. That was actually his worst year in college. He like had his worst year, but the team had their best year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arizona won the Western Conference fifty-six with a record of 56-11. and 11. Uh, They lost their first game of the College World Series to the Texas Longhorns uh, before winning the rest of the tournament. And so they just swept out the rest after the first loss. Uh, okay. Ran
0: the table from that point on?
1: Yep. In 1970, Randall, who was a switch hitter uh, and an infielder and was able to move around the diamond a bit, uh, hit... Three thirty-five. Despite the Sun Devils taking a step back and not even qualifying for the playoffs, mm-hmm. after that he graduated with a bachelor in science degree. I believe he has a master's in physical science or something now. Uh, Interesting education. It, yeah. yeah. Uh, in in fact, all of Randall's brothers and sisters would go uh, and get college and university degrees, which is pretty fantastic with a fam for a family growing up in Compton in the the sixties. Eight right. kids, every single right. one. Uh, So in 1970, he was drafted by the Washington Senators uh, as a a second baseman, 10th overall. So he's first-round pick, 10th overall. He went to AAA Denver of the American Association, uh, and his career didn't start very well. He just hit, he hit just 208 over 46 games, but returned to Denver next year and showed off his skills in... 200, over 200 plate appearances, he hit 288, but more surprisingly, he had a, ni- or a 390 on-base percentage with more walks or with as many walks as strikeouts. So he struck out 28 times and he walked 28 times. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty darn good for 200 at-bats. Both that's, your strikeout yeah. rate and your walk rate are insanely good. Right.
0: Not that that would be a big
1: thing back in like no, 1971. No,
0: they wouldn't have gave <laughs> a shit. They wouldn't
1: have gave a shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on June 16th, 1971, uh, after doing so well in AAA, Lenny Shanhoff Randall made his big league debut for the Senators under Hall of Fame manager Ted Williams. Mm. Uh, Vita Blue was
0: on the, the Boston ma- Spitter. <laughs>
1: yeah, Vita Blue was on the mound for the opposing Oakland Athletics and pitched a complete game, striking out Randall twice. Although he did manage to get an infield single on a ground ball deep in the deep in the hole at shortstop, he beat it out. Okay. So first game, Ted Williams is manager. Vita Blue is on the mound. It's first hit off him. Randall did not succeed in his first stint in the MLB either. So. He hit just two nineteen, and the Senators sucked. They yes. really sucked. And
0: they uh, Eventually folded because of it or moved, right? Yeah, we're getting to that. Okay. It's <laughs> so coming. this this was
1: Randall's, but yeah. So in sixty, they won just sixty three games that year, and they were about to be moved to Texas. Right. Um, this was Randall's first taste of baseball history. Uh, he he was on the field for the last game in Washington Senators history. Uh, where in during the ninth inning with two outs against the Yankees fans rushed the field ripped up the grass stole all the bases and the pitching mound <laughs> eventually it was just they called just a floor the they just uh, they were mad that the team was leaving like, or they, they were, like, were just we're gonna, drunk and <laughs> we're following take the crowd every
0: piece of this place we can Seems
1: and they like did a good plan. and they, they, they did even they
0: ripped it apart even the sod yeah was um, it sod or I guess it was sod It was there. definitely sod be um, Before the AstroTurf <laughs> yeah.
1: revolution Just like rolling up a big mat <laughs> turf, put on this your shoulder It's going to look great <laughs> on my deck by the trailer
0: <laughs> So oh, Alright
1: So the next two seasons uh, Randall was shuffled back from AAA, Spokane And the Rangers, he played just 74 games With the big club in 72 And just 10 in 1973 and he struggled with his at bats in the majors, but still in AAA, in 140 games, he absolutely dominated. Um, he had a 337 on base percentage, uh, once with a great walk and strikeout rate, 39 steals, and yeah, 39 steals, 81 walks, and just 68 strikeouts.
0: So he's just a solid quadruple A player, essentially.
1: At this point, right? And he doesn't have any power, he doesn't hit for power. Right. Uh, like just say when I when I was reading about him and stuff, and he was he's probably more accomplished, but like think of like Eric Sogard esque, okay. like kind of like a guy yeah, that yeah, like yeah. has like spurts of greatness, but but his career. Well, just is, ask Blue
0: Jays fans. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How awesome Eric Sogard? Yeah,
1: he had a good season in in Oakland, but either way, Lanny does hit it. So uh, in 1974, the Rangers decided it was time for him to just sink or swim. Like you're mm-hmm. the starting mm-hmm. you're starting opening. This is
0: a watershed year for. You.
1: Yeah. Uh, and swim he did. So, in 151 games, he hit 302 and moved around the diamond, spending most of his time at second base, third base, and the outfield. And he t- played the game hard. He was small and feisty, but he admired his father and former former manager Ted Williams and current manager Billy Martin for their service in wartime and played the game as if it was a war. <laughs> and, the, and he talks about that, he talks about it being, you know, First of all, you're putting your body on the line. Second of all, you're being selfless. It's for the team. It's for the team. It's for the team. For the greater good. We will see right now. Oh, okay, here we go. Just how feisty he was.
0: So he's batting. Oh, that's fucking beauty. Man, that's not allowed today.
1: <laughs> do not allowed. allowed
0: back then. Though. I
1: don't think anyone was
0: ejected for this. This is... Wow. So uh, anyone who's listening and didn't yeah. see this... I got a description for Oh, you got a description? I got a description for Um So on May 29th,
1: 1974, just ten days before one of the most ridiculous and embarrassing events in baseball history... Randall would help to set the stage. <laughs> okay. In the fourth inning, after Cleveland pitcher Bob Johnson threw one behind Randall, as you saw there. Yes,
0: yeah.
1: He bonded a pitch up the first baseline, ran inside the line, and absolutely clobbered Johnson as he tried to feel the ball and apply a tag.
0: Just decked
1: him. Just decked him. It was like a half punch, half-body check. Yeah, it was great. Uh, Randall was immediately tackled by Cleveland's first baseman, and a vicious brawl ensued. Mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm. With the
0: crowd. I mean, great. <laughs> let me just interject quickly. Great for like reactionary entertainment purposes. Like I would not condone the violence, but in general. But you've never seen. It, well, if you has ever- a gladiatorial <laughs> entertainment aspect. Yes, I'm
1: down. <laughs> so one of the first highlights you will see when you look up Lenny Randall. Of course. Uh, so either way, it, it was in Texas. So. The crowd antagonized Cleveland players to the point where some of them had to be held back by other teammates from getting into the crowd and fighting the crowd, Uh, since shit was real bad. Fighting the crowd. Yeah, so he he did that, and then just pandemonium ensues. Um, Fucking roof blows off the place. So there's no roof. No, the teams were set to play five days later in Cleveland, and when asked about retaliation in the Rangers Uh, or the Rangers manager Billy Martin said there won't be enough of them in the stands for it to matter (laughs) because Cleveland fucking doesn't have fans back in the 70s I guess
0: Uh, It's what Major League was based on basically yeah (laughs) that is a whole movie series based (laughs) on that concept
1: uh, so, unfortunately, do you know where this is going, Edzie? I just want to know if you know where this is going.
0: I don't know where it's going. I- I'm wondering if you're going in... This is my guess, though. Are you going in the direction of the Texas Rangers? Have nothing to be stoked about except punching guys in the face? Oh, shit. Well, absolutely.
1: That's the underlying message to all of my baseball talks. Okay. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> No, all right. So Martin would eat his words as the infamous ten cent beer night took place in Cleveland. Oh fuck! This <laughs> is a terrible yeah, event. Yeah, yeah. So the Not ten well cent beer it. night is is something that everyone should look up. But here's the Cole's notes: thousands of fans thirsty for beer and vengeance because
0: of what <laughs> Randall had done. So they were all expecting a big brawl. Right. And 10 and cent of beers. Of course, 10, pen, 10 cent beer night. Yeah. Oh, like and they
1: were absolutely, they wanted revenge on the, the they wanted to heckle the shit out of the Rangers The players. absolute
0: lack of foresight by Bill Veek <laughs> in this situation is fucking astounding.
1: It is astounding. It's absolutely amazing. Carry on. So uh, basically they all got wasted and destroyed the place. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Rangers were awarded the victory by forfeit. And many speculate Randall's attack on Johnson was the first of many decisions that created the embarrassing spectacle in Cleveland. So it was like the first domino to fall that led to the 10 cent beer night, which is just an absolute, that and like the disco night in Chicago are probably like the two, like just like worst. I don't know. We could probably find more. The longer we do this podcast, the the (laughs) worst (laughs) promotions we'll find, um, so, yes, another moment in history where he was front and center. Uh, Randall put up solid numbers uh, in 1975, but his stats slipped in a dismal 1976, and he hit just .224 uh, with only 18 extra base hits in nearly 600 at-bats.
0: Ooh, ouch. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, it's um, bit of a fall from grace.
1: Frank Lucchesi, had taken over for Billy Martin midway through 1975, and clearly Randall did not have the same respect he had for his former of war veteran manager. Uh, the Rangers were sucking at this point; like they were, they were not a good. Well, they were, they were the Senators up until '71, right? So uh-huh. they, they came in, they didn't, weren't doing much better. I think Billy they had like an okay year in in '75, but in '70 70, or '76, they just not so good. Anyways, uh, during spring training in 1977, they were auditioning highly touted prospect Bump Willis.
0: Bump Wills. Bump Wills. Bump Wills. Amazing name. I've, I've, he's come up in some of the research I've been. Well, nice. not necessarily the next one, but I've heard his name before. Yeah. So great name.
1: Carry he it. was, he was a first round pick. Everybody kind of expected him uh, to be finding a place on the field real soon, and it looked like that place was going to be Randall's place. Uh, Randall did not feel like he was getting a fair look to keep his job, and he almost walked out of spring training, but convinced otherwise by teammates. So his teammates were like, you know, just hanging in there. Stick around, Randall. After Luchesi heard about that, he is reported to have said, it's just too damn bad that somebody stopped him from leaving. (laughs) (laughs) I'm tired of these punks saying play play me or trade me anyone who makes eighty thousand dollars a year and gripes and moans all spring is not gonna get a tear out of me so how much does he make
0: now i wonder Uh, i mean 80 grand back in like the mid
1: 70s thats good but like that's still like nowhere near
0: that's not what they're making now no
1: no (laughs) um not that anyway it would be it would probably be like equivalent to like 800, maybe not even, like a few hundred. Why are we thousand. trying to speculate? I don't know. We could just look it we up. We could just look it up. But we we're don't not going to. Yeah. Fuck it. So <laughs> Lucchesi was right. It was too damn bad. Especially for him, that is.
0: For Lucchesi? Yeah. Why?
1: So on March 27th, about an hour before the Rangers were set to take on the Minnesota Twins in a spring training game, Randall and Lucchesi had a conver- confrontation that would end with Lucchesi in the hospital. Okay. <laughs> Whatever was said, it was finished with a right, then a left, then another right from Randall. Uh, Lucezi was hospitalized with a broken jaw and a concussion. Lucezi
0: said, he got a few lucky punches <laughs> in there, but I still feel I won the fight.
1: Lucezi <laughs> yeah. was, I looked up, he was like 50, 51 in this time. Yeah. So, I mean, he, it still, it was not a good look for Lenny Randall, that's for sure. Uh, so he hospitalized his manager, being like, you don't play me enough and I'm going to be on this team or trade me or whatever, and then he, he beat the crap out of his manager, who somewhat sounded like a dick, though, so... So, yeah. Once again... Water under the bridge. Violence... Canc- cancels each other out. <laughs> Yeah, violence, not good, but don't be a dick. <laughs> um, <laughs> Randall Randall was immediately suspended for 30 days, and criminal charges were brought forward. He was found guilty of a misdemeanor charge and was forced to pay Licezi's medical bills and was sued by his former coach as well. They settled out of court a year and a half later for an undisclosed fee. Uh, His teammates spoke out against Randall. Some vowed never to play with him again, and it was pretty clear Randall's time with the Rangers was over. Mm -hmm. He was traded to the Mets on April 26, 1977, for cash and a player to be named later. Randall had got a second chance with the Mets, and right away he took advantage. So he's got a fire in his belly.
0: yeah. Chip on his shoulder. Chip on his shoulder. <laughs> blood on his knuckles. Blood on his knuckles. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> his first game, his first games as a Met, he collected, uh, or his first game, he collected three hits, scored two runs, and stole a base. That's
0: pretty uh, big, pretty he, good debut. That'll had, get the fans behind you. Well, he had
1: 10 multi-hit games in his first 25 games. Fuck. Yeah, and batted well over 300 for the month of May. Remember, he was suspended pretty much for all of April. Right. right.
0: Um, so he just hitting the ground running.
1: Yep. Yeah. Once again, the Mets suck too, by the way. Right. <laughs> uh, on July 13th, 1977, Randall was once again front and center in a notorious event in both baseball and American history. In American the si- history? Yeah. Okay. In the sixth inning. on me. Randall walked up to the plate. Right as Cubs pitcher, Ray Burris released the ball. The lights went out in New York City. And they would not come back on again for 25 hours gonna
0: keep playing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. God <laughs> damn. So, the New York blackout of 1977. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is right in the middle of the Summer of Sam and all this crazy shit yeah. going on. Uh, rioting caused over $300 million. Summer
0: of Sam, if you don't know, was like a serial killer was on the loose. Yes,
1: yes. Uh, so, yeah. There was a riot. There was rioting, looting. People were taking stuff. I read like some of the Mets play- or the Cubs players talking about just being like on the bus back to the hotel and just like seeing people walking down the street carrying TVs and and smashing windows and just stealing cars and all this. Um, so they ransacked over fifteen hundred stores. Thousands were arrested. Uh, but in the first seconds of the bla- of the blackout, Randall hit the pitch. At least according to Randall. <laughs>
0: I smoked it
1: (laughs) yeah um, so he claims that I swung just as the lights went out Randall said uh, MLB on the MLB network special I thought I hit it so I ran all the way to second the umpire's like no no it's not gonna count I said, I hit it.
0: I'm staying here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're having a standoff in the blackout. Yeah. But second the, base.
1: But the pitcher, Burris, tells a different story, claiming that he never actually released the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I never threw it. He told Vice uh, Vice Media in uh, 2017, I noticed Lenny had taken a phantom swing, pretending to hit the ball, and started running the bases. <laughs> I thought, what in the world is he doing? I had the ball in my hand. <laughs> if memory serves, I tried to hit him, like throw it at him as he rounded second.
0: A la Rue Yeah.
1: <laughs> Lenny was a colorful character, loved to compete, and it was great having him as a teammate on the Yankees a couple of years later. <laughs> so it was. you took it in good stride. Yeah. But Lenny, I don't know who to believe... Probably the pitcher, but but who knows?
0: Well, you would believe that as, as a v- former pitcher. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> so Randall wanted the game to continue, lights or not. <laughs> but there's like no lights, right? It's not even like there's the glow no, from no the lights city anywhere. Yeah. Uh, so what? I I don't need to get into it, but like a, basically a lightning storm had struck like up the Hudson River, and some transformer or whatever that powered New York City had gone out. Uh, it. Not a well-designed grid. No, no, not at the time. It did not. Uh, anyway, and there was major, like, New York City was broke, and they weren't spending on infrastructure. So right. that, when that happened, yes. people were like, of course it's going to happen. Let's blow this shit up. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, so getting back to this. Um... <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let's get away from the politics in New York in the late 70s. Okay,
1: so right back to Randall. Claiming he got this fucking hit. <laughs> we, we played imaginary... Okay, yeah, so this is what happened after the lights went out. We played imaginary baseball. It was the best his- infield in the history of the Mets. It was phenomenal. The fans gave us a standing ovation. Back then, everyone had a better sense of humor about the game. We had fun, and I still want that hit back. <laughs> um, well... Yeah, so darkness enveloped Shea Stadium in all of New York City. Uh, they, bas- yeah, it was just basically, uh, of course the Yankees were out of town and the Mets were in town when all this happened because the Mets were horrible and the Yankees were the golden child, right? <laughs> um, so the Mets sucked, plain and simple. Randall was the only bright spot on the team. I, I don't know how I missed this. Where did I not play this? But either way, they did, oh yeah, so they did, like, double when they did this phantom infield. So they took turns trying to turn, like, the fanciest double plays. Basically. With like, just, like, just, like, f- pretending to turn double, like, just They're so it. fucking stupid. No, it's fun! They're having fun! It's so dumb! No! With a phantom ball? Who's who's batting? Maybe they had no idea. The lights were out! They weren't playing anymore. They just decided to, like, just go out and, like, entertain the fans by doing some, like, hotshot shit. It was great. Without a ball. I don't know, ball or not. There's no runner. There's no batter. So I don't want to watch that. Oh well, then go home, dude. (laughs) Dark apartment.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I guess where the fuck else am I gonna go? (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) So, anyways, the Mets. The Mets sucked. Uh, In 1977, they also got fleeced for Tom Seaver. They traded Tom Seaver to the the Reds, and in in June, and just got absolutely destroyed in that trade. Idiots. Uh, Randall's up and down career continued. In 78, just over 500 plate appearances. He hit once again just 233. Although, once again, he did have a 330 on base percentage, but ho hum back in the 70s. They weren't really looking at that. Mm-hmm. He was a leadoff hitter, right? So he wasn't going to cut it as a leadoff hitter to just hit 230 or 220.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, at the end of spring trading, 1979, he was released by the Mets and eventually signed with the Giants on a, May- on a minor league deal in May. Played a little bit of minor or er, triple A. Uh, in June he was trading to the Pirates Uh, I think Dave Roberts was in that trade too current manager for the the Dodgers yeah there Uh we go Uh Uh, uh, but he didn't play a game for either organization in the MLB level Uh, wasn't too long though uh, before history uh, got its hooks into Randall again Uh, on August 2nd Thurman Munson, star player for the New York Yankees, star catcher uh, died in a plane crash in Ohio. Uh-huh. Uh, so, the baseball world and the Yankees obviously were devastated. Uh, Munson was an MVP, an All Star, and a multiple time World Series champion.
0: Arguably a Hall of Famer, I, he wasn't a, he? If what? he had it, oh, I don't yeah. think he's in there. But really, he, uh, it, because of the shortness of his career.
1: Yeah, uh, well, I'd be interested uh, to to see. I thought I might have read some like that, but I don't have it in front of me. Anyway, that's me. Not he's what probably this podcast a whole. Yeah, yeah. well
0: <laughs> That could be a different
1: episode. Yeah. Um, So the Yankees needed to fill the roster spot, and they turned to the Pirates and purchased Randall's contract. So he replaced Thurman Munson.
0: Big on, shoes to fill. Yeah, on the Yankees. Is, is that what you're implying?
1: Kind of, but he didn't really play that much. He played about 20 games as he was kind of like a fourth outfielder. Okay. A pinch runner.
0: just. So he's not really there to necessarily replace Munson per se. Yeah, he's just he, there to, he
1: filled his spot filled on the, the rosters. The Yankees were like, Thurman Munson's dead. We need a dude
0: Yeah Lenny Randall Let's get that dude To punch that guy
1: <laughs> He seems alright <laughs> So uh, He didn't re-sign With the Yankees Instead He signed with the Mariners In the off-season, But had his contract Purchased by the Cubs In spring training 1980 Once again He bounced back For the Cubs He hit 276 With a strong On base percentage Having a very Respectable season And most likely Prolonging his career A few years Uh, he was like on the ropes and he comes back with the Cubs and manages to do that Mm -hmm. so he revives his career but not only does he do that he also tried his hand at a little thing called stand-up comedy which if you know he didn't he's 1980s in Chicago oh no so (laughs) he once shared the stage with the Belushi Brothers right (laughs) yes yeah so (laughs) he performed stand-up normally after Cubs games he would go and do his thing do so like he just
0: go shower up after the game and then go to a hop comedy along club over the comedy club
1: he said nice. i'd i'd do 6 minutes and they'd give me a steak <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think he just liked it and was like hey i'm lenny Randall. let me let me try that and managed and to get
0: like, a solid 6 minutes together yeah and a t-bone steak so mm-hmm. i mean I, you didn't say it was a t-bone or not but it was a steak it's probably a t-bone
1: yeah, he told that to rolling stone in in 2015 so w- after one year in the windy city He signed yet again with Seattle. (laughs) It's kind of funny. He's just like, I really want to play in Seattle, but don't lose me this time. Uh, This time, (laughs) he played for the Mariners, actually, and thank God he did, because if not, we wouldn't have had one of the greatest bloopers of all
0: time. Uh, Another video? Another video. All right. (laughs)
1: We'll find Is out. Is that allowed? We'll find out. <laughs> You've seen that before. You've had. I think have seen I've seen that before. Yeah. Fuck. I haven't seen that in a long time. That's it's really a good funny. one. So on May twenty seventh, nineteen eighty one, the Royals Amos Otis hit a weak ground ground ball down the third baseline at the King Dome in Seattle. Three Mariners players, including Randall Astroturf, yes, surrounded the ball, and it looked like it may roll foul. Randall not taking any chances. Excuse me. Uh, dropped, <laughs> dropped, <laughs> dropped on all fours. Put his face inches away from the from the slow rolling ball. Took a deep breath and began to blow the ball oh, towards foul territory. That's fucking awesome. Uh, while also crawling up the line at the same time at pretty much the same speed as the ball. The ball crossed the line and was ruled a foul ball by umpire Larry McCoy. At first. At first. At first. So the crowd gasped and applauded in amusement, <laughs> as you just did, <laughs> yeah. uh, having witnessed something both hilarious and unheard of in baseball history. Well, and also the display of, of athleticism. Yeah, it is. is it's incredible. Yeah, like, he is he's absolutely. He's crawling along the ground. He's, we can, we'll, we'll see the replay here. I'll just turn the, this, look at that. Like, like,
0: look at that. He's just he's
1: yeah. down and it. Yeah, he's probably six inches away when he gets the first first blow in. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> anyway, they can't
0: see that, so they can't see carry it. On.
1: Check it out. Uh, it's definitely the first thing that comes up when you YouTube Lenny Randall. Okay. Uh, so Larry McCoy ruled it foul at first, the, um, but uh, Kansas City manager Jim Frey immediately ran out of the dugout pretty pissed off I Uh, could
0: imagine so
1: (laughs) saying Randall had interfered with the trajectory of the ball (laughs) so after a little bit of conferring the umpires agreed and awarded Otis uh, first base Uh, so it was like I think that's fair yeah I mean like who knows like it's like you can sometimes you watch the video and you're like yeah he definitely
0: did but other times you're like no like I don't know Mm. I I he blew that foul He fucking blew that foul, 100%. All right. Well, according to Randall, I didn't blow it. (laughs) He also got a hit that wasn't really a hit. So
1: I used the power of suggestion. I yelled at it, go foul. Go foul. (laughs) Son
0: of a bitch ball.
1: (laughs) How could they call that a hit? It was a foul ball. (laughs) There was like a protest about this, and there was a rule passed, which is basically the Lenny Randall rule, that, like, you can't blow it. You can't blow it. Like you can't, <laughs> um, uh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, these are some great rules. Years later, he would also say, "It's just another version of small ball to me." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll do anything I can to win. So let's go. And
0: just once again, it's just, I'll poke a man's <laughs> eye.
1: <laughs> so the play. Still to this day is shared uh, around. Uh, I don't know what we're watching here. Uh, the play to this day is still shared uh, around the world on the internet, obviously, and uh, it was also somewhat duplicated by Kevin Seitzer in 1987. Though Seitzer's ball stayed fair, um, mm-hmm. and he I think he was just kind of he was trying to blow
0: it. Yeah, yeah, but oh, okay. he but he does he doesn't try as hard as Randall. <laughs> he just kind of I
1: think he's more jokingly
0: did it. Just being like, remember when Randall did this? Yeah. So. uh...
1: So Randall, um, uh, that was Randall's first year in Seattle, obviously like moments like that. And his, uh, reputation made him, uh, made him a star, uh, even though he wasn't a star player. Um,
0: but, uh, well, he's an entertainer. Clearly you say so he's doing all this stuff and then he gets say on stage so. and now, what do you got? You got more? Well, here's a, uh, oh, fucking right. Another here's video. a
1: promo for, so in 81, there was a player strike. Really a, a brief... By the way, that's a whole other episode. After the players' strike, uh, obviously they were trying to convince fans to come back, and here's what the Mariners decided to do. Now here's <laughs> when the
0: Mariners
1: beat the Red <laughs> <getting baseball, laughs> <out of> <laughs> red <laughs> So he is an entertainer. He is
0: so entertaining.
1: He is. I want on one of those jackets. He is. Uh, so Holy that was God. a Mariners promo, trying to you know giving kids fourteen under a free jacket. Um, oh, that wouldn't fit me. No, definitely not. Uh, so while in Seattle, Randall not only played
0: Get a free jacket.
1: <laughs> not only did he play third base and make amazing promo videos for the Mariners, he also sang in a band.
0: Of course he did. <laughs> what was his band called? Oh, buddy.
1: Lenny Randall and the... And and the Bandles. No. Oh. I always say the, but it's just Lenny Randall and ballplayers. Lenny Randall
0: and ballplayers. That's it. Okay. Uh, That's actually a pretty good name. I knew it was going to have his name. Yes. Uh, definitely. He was front <laughs> and center. So, uh,
1: sometimes along with Mariner's teammate, Thad Bosley who had his own musical career after or during his baseball career, too. Also a really interesting person. Checking uh, on Spotify. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Randall, would, uh, Randall would make music and eventually cut an electro-funk album just a chance with his band Lenny Randall and Ball Players. It sounds great, it's, honestly. Songs like Kingdom and I'm a Ball Player... Pat Tabler's favorite song. Um,
0: <laughs> we're big hits with no, this. That's, se- that's the sequel. He's a ball player. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so they were big hits with Seattle's fans, and copies of the album are still sought out to this day. So like, you can like, it's, it goes for like hundreds of dollars.
0: JP, if you're listening, do you know about this? <laughs> this
1: is a so so the only uh, the only song available still on like Spotify uh, is Kingdom, uh, which was especially a big hit with M's fans. And the only song, as I said, available still on Spotify, it features Randall's on vocal and cowbell, his brother Ron on most of the other instruments, his 10-year-old niece, uh, Roshana, and M's teammates Larry Anderson, Brian Clark, Al Cohen's, Julio Cruz, Dick Drago, uh, all on backing vocals. Randall wanted the song to be high-energy, party starter for M's fans. Are you ready?
0: I'm ready. <laughs>
1: Ooh, funky it's electro funk man
0: Explain the dance Uh, is it just, like, picking up pace a la, like, uh, The Saddest Day?
1: Yeah, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> it, it gets a little, like, I can cut forward a little bit if we get back. Oh, yeah. a lot of horns.
0: Very horny. <laughs> All
1: right. You get, you get the idea. We can't play too much more of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, that is the kingdom, like, just why is that not played at every Mariners game ever. Well they don't play at the kingdom anymore. Well they but they still didn't play that song. A T and T Park. A T T and T Field. Is it AT&T? Yeah, worried. It's not safe going Oh anymore. yeah, that's right. Uh, the music wasn't looked kindly on by Mariners management. <laughs>
0: that's why it wasn't played Aww, there. Aw fuck you guys. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, Randall told uh, Fox Sports in two thousand fifteen the ownership thought it was a distraction. Every city the Mariners played in Somebody would also want to book a show for the band, uh, or put us on the news of some kind. Uh, the front so office just don't. Yeah, exactly. Well, so the front office was like, "Well, what are you doing? Are you a baseball player or a musician?" Like, just being dicks. Uh, once again, don't be a dick. Sons uh, of bitches. It it pissed them off, uh, and they were worried about our concentration. Uh, this is long before. Shaq and Dion, okay? It was before Super Bowl shuffle. Athletes making music wasn't a normal thing back then.
0: So. I wouldn't say it's like a regular thing these days, but. Yeah, but I mean. It's probably more accepted.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, There's also a cut on the album that I could not find uh, entitled Mr. Rogers Gets Down with Muhammad Ali and E.T.
0: That's a very specific title.
1: <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, there's one called American Worker. I got a few of these, but I, I don't think we should play it. You can find uh, Kingdom. I'm a ball player in American Worker on YouTube. You can find Kingdom on Spotify. Um, but here's the thing La- Randall wasn't just making music for himself, the entire thing started when Randall became friends with a young Mariners fan with cerebral palsy. Randall learned the young boy needed $5,000 voice synthesizer. synthesizer. There we go. Uh, he decided to make a record to raise the money. Uh, in the end, That's he ra- very honorable. Yeah, and he raised $20,000. They needed $5,000. Exactly. Him,
0: so he got him like, um, four yeah. voice box. Yeah. Is that what you're saying?
1: <laughs> I'm saying he raised more money and he made music because he loved music like his brother played instruments like he always said they were a very music based family family and stuff like that and he loved it he's clearly a pretty creative guy Yeah. he just wanted to make it he was like hey this fan needs it you know if I can do this for him and he did and management shit all over him and didn't play the song at the kingdom tons of bitches (laughs) exactly (laughs) motherfuckers uh For all the hubbub in Seattle, Randall's time there was short. Halfway through the 1982 season, he was released by the Mariners. On June 18th, he had his final MLB at bat, where he hit a single. Good for him. Uh, He had an option to continue at AAA, but decided to move on. So his MLB
0: career's done. done now. So... That's not a bad career. What year did you say that was? See, he... 80. He was drafted in '70. Yeah, bl- debut
1: in '72, I think. So he's he's had like a nine-year career, pretty That's much. Not bad. Yeah, but
0: That's it's more than I've had.
1: Off and on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he was he was basically would have a good year, bad year. That's good a gassy year. beer,
0: eh? Yeah, no, it's
1: a it's pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, good year, bad year type of player, and eventually, you know, he was early '30s. Uh, he was out of the game. Oh. So he thought. Not sure what to do, Randall was urged by former manager and mentor Ted Williams to go to Italy and play for Natuno, a resort city about 40 miles away from Rome and extremely, extremely close to where his father landed on Anzio decades earlier. Okay. Uh, This is going
0: to get interesting here, I think.
1: Yeah. Um, My grandfather also landed on Anzio, too. So that's also a little little tidbit. Cool little tidbit fun fact
0: there by Sean's grandfather.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, So he's going to play in the Italian Baseball League, uh, otherwise known as Italian Serie A1. And there was Italian Serie A2 and A3, so it was like the tiers of
0: the league. What about... B1-2. I
1: don't three. know. I didn't look that far. What was it necessary it? to have A and number? Well, because they, they do it like soccer where they like relegate teams. So if you're in like the bottom two, there's 10 teams in series A1. If you're in the bottom two teams, you go down to
0: B. Right, right. Or, but my point, my two. point or, is like what? the A is irrelevant if there's no B.
1: I don't care.
0: Anyway, splitting hairs here. <laughs> this is not what this podcast. Is yeah, about.
1: absolutely. Um, so he flourished in the Italian Serie A one league. Serie A one hitting four seventy seven in, in his Holy first Christ. year, uh, nineteen eighty three. Yeah, he won the batting title. That no year. kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He had almost 500. Uh, he was the first ever former MLB player to play professionally in Italy. I did find some other people being like, yeah, there was a few other guys, but they literally only had like four or five games in the MLB. Like they weren't really like professional MLB players yeah. that, that made their debut Just in a Italy. Cup of in the- coffee, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh, well. Regardless, uh, so he won the batting title, uh, and the country fell in love with him. The same can be said about. It, or the same can be said about him falling in love with Italy. And he was affectionately known as Cappuccino, <laughs> which is minorly racist, uh, maybe, if, since Randall is a black man. But, yes. like, uh, it's uh, because he seemingly had. It's better en- than other
0: things they could have called him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: He seemingly had endless energy, big smile, and a reliance on little sleep each night. So he barely. He was a
0: partier. Well, burn, don't burn the candle at both ends. Yeah,
1: well, we know that already. He was a stand-up and right, a musician, yeah. and he'd go Yeah, for not me. necessarily
0: partying, but...
1: But, yeah, he's a late-night guy. Yeah, and uh, he's a night owl. Uses his energy all up. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Um, uh, so Italy revitalized his love for the game. In 1995, he told the Tampa Bay Times, playing baseball in Italy was like finding the fountain of youth. Guys over there learn how to relax and enjoy the game. It is easy because there's no stress. Uh, He would play four games, or four seasons, sorry, in Italy from 1983 to 1986, and made a brief attempt at a comeback in 1995 with the California Angels, but fell short. That is a long time. I know! Well, he would have been like he was already like he a would have been like forty six. Yeah. He would have been forty six in nineteen. 19- no one was like Lenny, man. No,
0: maybe you should just go up to the comedy store. <laughs> you know, like we're here in L.A. <laughs> There's this lady Mitzi. Yeah, well,
1: he loved Italy so much that he made it his permanent home. Okay, uh, for him, uh, for him and his whole family, uh, to this day he still lives there and conducts baseball clinics across the country, hoping one day to find the next Joe DiMaggio or Mike Piazza in small-town Italy.
0: It's uh, got to be an Italian guy, yeah, I guess.
1: Well, Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's the examples I pulled, right? Like, oh. they're, they're like ah, Yo- Yogi Berra, right, like, uh, you right. know, he. it's not a... But basically, you know, obviously... Soccer is number one, and Mm -hmm. even, like, rugby and cycling and stuff like that are all big there.
0: Yeah, I never really... Whenever the World Baseball Classic's on, I'm not looking at Italy as, like, the powerhouse of the tournament ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they're even ever in it.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, let's see here. Yeah, he spends much of his time promoting the game. He also serves as manager, general manager, and co-owner for... Netun- the Savannah Bananas.
0: Netun-
1: <laughs> <laughs> Natuno! Natuno! The team he played for. Whom he re- commonly refers to as the Italian Yankees. So, okay. There's actually two teams in Natuno. So Natuno, like right near the Anzio beachhead. So like a lot of Americans landed there and were stuck there uh, during the Anzio beachhead. So the Americans landed yeah. at Anzio. Basically, they were stuck in southern Italy. Decided to do like a swoop around. Land at Anzio, which is pretty close to Rome, only like, mm-hmm. you know, an hour's drive from Rome. So they basically decided, we're gonna land at this, we'll take Rome, take down Italy all at once and the Germans and the Italians won't know what the hell to do. Yeah. Um, but they got bogged down
0: and... So they started playing baseball.
1: Yeah! They they, yeah. they, was, they were stuck there for like four, four months or so, right. uh, you know, getting shelled and in foxholes, but in the back part of the lines, uh, especially on the beaches, like Natuno, N- 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 uh, they could play baseball. And they actually introduced it to the Italians and that was like the first league or the first team of like the league. I think the league was Mm -hmm. inaugurated in 47 or 48. Oh yeah, I have it right here. League has 10 teams that he's been playing since 1948. So uh, yeah, Uh, on top of that, he conducts college expos with his family, mentors youth on life away from sports and owns a clothing line. What, like, exactly how many things has he done? (laughs) He makes shoes. (laughs) His son had a brief stint in the NFL, I believe he played for the Vikings, uh, as well as the CFL. His nephew, uh, Tyus Edney, and cousin Marcus Johnson are both former UCLA and NBA stars. Uh, he is a big advocate for Italian baseball and says he actually had. Ha- it's actually hard to persuade kids to take a chance at an MLB career he told rolling stone in 2015 we only play two or three games a week over here and players get tax free money they get to f- they get a free place to stay transportation is first class and they get a five course meal at lunch and dinner uh because eating over here is religion just like his dad found out when his mm, dad was yeah. there. <laughs> So, you're gonna give you up Utopia to go live in the States? And, and have, a, have drama and have all your money taken away from you by taxes? You're treated like a gladiator over here. Then you go to AA or AAA and you can't get enough meal money to buy two Subway sandwiches or lunch at a hometown buffet. <laughs> He's got a damn point.
0: <laughs> yeah, he does.
1: So yeah, these like if you're if you're good enough to be like a Italian uh star. You, well, yeah, if you and like if you play on like the national team, you get like 80,000 euros a year and you just
0: you just you just play ball. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like and you got your accommodations, your food, like it's just mm. like it's like
0: you're not getting MOB player rich, but you're well taken care of and yeah. you don't have a lot of expenses and yeah. You're playing baseball.
1: So he, he so. so Randall tried to convince Mark Teixeira to join him and co-own the team and stuff. And he's like, just tries to get, he's like, man, we got to like make Italy into like the next, the next place. Thing. And he's just like, he's like, I want like Winter Ball to be like, like in like Southern Italy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like he's just all about...
0: He's ambitious. About and
1: he loves it. Italy. He just loves yeah. Italy. Well, it sounds nice. Yeah.
0: You know?
1: Um... So he once again, talking to Rolling Stone, he said, uh, "You know how the NFL teams go over to London and play there Well that's what I want to do he I want the Cubs to go I want to bring the Cubs to Rome. That would be awesome. Do you know how much publicity there would be for that just like,
0: yes, there would yes, be lots be a lot. yeah. <laughs> um. I mean, how much was have they? They have they have they haven't done that yet, have they? No, they've done in co- London. Yeah, I was going to say because that London, New York, Boston series had a lot of hype around it. So. Yeah, and anyway. and they've
1: done the Tokyo series and right. and all that. Um, so, uh, yeah, he wants. He's a big advocate. He wants MLB to come. He lives there. He loves baseball, and he lives in Italy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, now, so basically, now you get why the documentary was called The Most Interesting Man in Baseball.
0: Yeah, he probably doesn't always drink beer, but when he does, he drinks Dos Equis.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So he still lives in Italy, speaks five language, five languages. (laughs) I don't speak one, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's artistic, sensible, smart, educated, knowledgeable, sometimes violent, and has been present to see some of baseball's greatest and strangest moments uh he truly is one of the most remarkable players to have ever played in the mlb
0: yeah that's that's pr- a, we've done a few profiles on this podcast yeah and that's probably that's probably the most i mean it had multimedia so that contributed to it but like that was fun that was like a fun one to listen to it was and yeah. watch
1: well, it's just it's just mind blowing when you like just take it all in. Like you just there's very few people you can just like create a list, and it's not. And some of it's not even like achievements, right? Some of it's just like time and place. Mm. Like for the blackout and stuff like that, like he was just happened to be there for Thurman Munson's. Yeah, he just happened to be which there, which is
0: a good. Like Forrest Gump was like a good comparison for that because there's a lot of situations in Forrest Gump where it's not by talent or anything like that he just happens to be in a significant place in a significant time
1: and regardless it's just I don't know other than other than uh Beating up his coach. He just sounded like a great, (laughs) great guy to be around. And a great teammate. Like just somebody that always tried to keep it light. Mm -hmm. Always tried to just be having fun. it was just like, hey, there's more to life than
0: just winning this baseball. But at the
1: same time, he he was a wanted to win the game. (laughs) Just the perfect combination between fun and serious. And like just he he was on stage with the Belushi brothers. He wrote. He has an album that's still sought mm. out to. He's a clothing line. He speaks yeah. five languages.
0: Like, dude's present, man. Dude is present. Uh, so uh,
1: that was Lenny Randall.
0: Yeah, uh, and you know what we didn't do at the top of the episode. Social media. Social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Follow us on Twitter at doing baseball and Instagram at doing dot baseball. Yeah. Uh, been kind of. Drop the ball a little. Not drop the ball. Just kind of been on like a little wave of silence on the Instagram right now. But check it out. Doing up baseball. We're gonna be uh, soon booting back up and bringing you daily baseball history podcast. <laughs> <laughs> daily baseball history content Pictures I'm like not we're not doing a, it daily not, I fucking said two weeks ago That there People were complaining That it was bi-weekly And that they want it weekly Fuck it We're doing it daily man <laughs> Doing it daily We're right? not doing it daily No
1: you know what If you have $100,000 per year To give both of us We can do it daily
0: That's right 100% We will do it every day <laughs> Every day I will
1: spend yeah, Six to eight our hours That's solicitation
0: a day. Right there Yeah like.
1: exactly <laughs> I mean weekdays too Like I'm not doing it on weekends Yeah <laughs> Still Five ready. shows a week. Five shows a week. Maybe yeah. four. You know, this four yeah. day work week thing. It's kinda cool. You're not
0: good at negotiating. I'm
1: just shut up. Give us your yeah, money. Just give us your money. Um all right, I think oh, let's put on uh Lenny Randall and ball players. I'm a ball player to uh take, take us out, take us out of here. Take us out of here. I'm uh Sean.
0: And I'm Eds. And we're Open doing some God. baseball. Woo Jesus Christ. Tone deaf, so... <laughs>